My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up, my brethren? Welcome to this, the latest pile of freshly mined UK Tech Weekly podcast. The UK's premier audio fuel, heating your life every Friday like a combi boiler that runs on chat. The UK Tech Weekly podcast is an infotainment radiator from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK and Computer World UK. You can find us on Acast, on SoundCloud, on iTunes and more. Every Friday we head to an audio mountain using audio crampons, audio ropes and audio audio ice hammers to clamber up to an audio summit, take an audio photo and then climb right back down again in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the T-Rex of tech, Neil Bennett, Editor of Digital Arts. Hello. The Brontosaurus of Business, Scott Carey, online editor of Tech World. Hello. And the primordial sludge of the PC, <laughs> David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK. Of the PC? Yeah, we, we, P and P. Didn't, if I said Mac, it wouldn't work. Macs are personal computers. Now's not the time. This week, we are talking Echo, Tesla, Echo, iOS, and Echo. You can say that again. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Scott, 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 Scott. What has Amazon, 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 Oh, God, this Been journey. up to this <laughs> week, 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 week. <clears throat> there was a question. There was? Well, I, I lost the question amongst the echoes. <laughs> um, but I'm going to guess because we've, we've obviously pre-organised this that we're talking about the Amazon Don't Echo let people know that. This is, you know, it's off the wall. We're just winging it, aren't we? No. Um, the Amazon Echo um, has launched in the UK at an event yesterday, which I didn't attend. Um, Lewis Painter from um, our consumer team was was down there um, amongst the scrum of journalists. Um, so Did you say scrum or scum? Scrum. <laughs> A scrum of journalists is the collective now. <laughs> yeah. So Amazon Echo. Tell us about Amazon yeah, Echo. So Echo. What the hell is it? Um, it's been out in the US um, since November 2014 and um, proved pretty popular out there. So it's basically a nine inch tall column, um, which 
acts as David. <laughs> David, babe. <laughs> Uh, which acts as your personal assistant. So Alexa is the Amazon version of something like Siri or Cortana. Sure. um, Where it responds to voice commands. So you can ask your Alexa to mainly play music, it being a speaker. um, It integrates with Pandora and Spotify, so you can ask it to change tracks, put a playlist on, things like that. Um, You have it in the house. um, And uh, it also does things like you can order a taxi through Uber. You can ask it to set an alarm. You can ask it what your next appointment is in your Google Calendar. So it's not just a voice-controlled speaker. It's it's a, a device that it, it is voice-controlled and it is a speaker, but it also connects to the internet things. Yeah, for me, it is it is one of the more complete actual personal assistants. A lot of people call these things like Siri and Cortana personal assistants, but they generally are for very specific things, whereas I think the Echo does a lot of things that you do on a day-to-day basis. You know, you can order food in, you can order a taxi, you can set an alarm, and also it has a lot of smart home integration, so you can change the temperature on your Nest if you've got a, um, a smart thermostat. Uh, and you can pretty much run a lot of aspects of your life through it if you... Make purchases from Amazon, presumably? Well, of course, of course you can. Yeah, it's got a shopping service. Um, so from Amazon's point of view, this is a way of physically being present in your house... Um, getting you to interact with third-party services, but also to interact with its services, including its media, but it's, you know, you can buy your groceries. Yes, I think that's an added bonus of it, but I actually think mostly it's just their attempt to produce another um, very useful consumer product alongside Kindle. Um, So it's, it's something that you would... That is Amazon, but it doesn't really have to be associated with Amazon. Um, in, it's more uh, a standalone product in that sense. And then there's some other products, the Tap and the Dot. Yeah, so I, um, not being at the event, didn't help me with this one, but um, I've tried to work out what they are. So the Tap <laughs> is like a smaller version of the Echo. So it's not a Tap for your sink? No. Shame. That'd be good. Turn on the Tap. Yeah. Echo. Saving you those valuable seconds. Oh, yeah, definitely. So the tap is like a smaller Alexa device that you can um, dot around the house. You can have one on your bedside table, you have one in your office, things like that. Um, From what I'm seeing, the dot is basically a new iteration on the tap. It's a smaller version of the tap. I think the tap was um, a couple of inches tall, whereas the dot is the size of a hockey puck. So it would look, it wouldn't look particularly out of place on a bedside table. It would look like maybe an alarm clock or something like that. So the the Echo, you know, has this kind of almost uh, stealth um, <clears throat> function, which is it's a speaker, but really it's there to be a hub for your personal assistant. Yeah. Uh, but the the other ones, the Tap and the Dot, are actually just small gadgets that exist exclusively for you to talk to them and get them to do stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and. Is it still a speaker as well? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. a very small, um, not very powerful speaker, but you can um, attach, you can tether the dot to another Bluetooth speaker in your house. So if you've got maybe a Sonos system or um, maybe even like a, a Beats Pill, um, which is a Bluetooth speaker, um, you can probably start playing music through that via the dot. Um, and I think what Amazon would love is for people to have these sort of devices dotted around their yeah. house effectively. Well, yeah, because it's as you say, it's it's. I mean, I take your point about Kindle being a separate consumer device, but it was also a way of making selling Amazon, e-books. 
totally, yeah. yeah. And and Amazon now owns the book industry as as you know as it sort of did in the paper book industry as well. And I guess this is another way of further increasing Amazon's tentacles into your life. Yeah, it's um, kind of lucky they don't have a music streaming service because it would probably be it would probably exclusively have yeah. to run that. Whereas um, I think they used to, but I think no, they still do have a music service. Right. It's just nowhere near as uh, right. complete as Spotify. Or so Apple I suppose in, in the so same way that, that Apple used to sort of you had to read exclusively Apple books on yeah. iPad. Yeah, okay, Kindle's the winner. You can, yeah. you can put the Kindle app on there. Fair. Okay, cool. So uh, this is probably a question that nobody here can answer without actually getting hold of the device. But is it any good as a speaker? Do we know? I've I mean, seen it demoed. Um, and as a speaker itself, it, it's it's fine. It's good. Um, if you if you care about your music, having music on in the house, you'd probably want to link it yeah, up with, with some other speakers or yeah. or, a, or another one. And I think Lewis in his piece um, links out to a few sort of really good Bluetooth speakers that you could integrate it with. The, the advantage there is that it's dual purpose. It's it's also having this sort of voice capability. Um, Can it hear you while you're playing your music? Yeah. So apparently, um, it, it's it can hear you regardless of how loud your music is playing and the dot is as improved upon in voice recognition you can do it from across the room or even from room to room you um, say this but what i understand is that at the demonstration at the event it didn't work at all well really that they were saying uh, pause alexa pause alexa pause alexa, alexa! And, then, and then having to say oh well it's you know it's a very crowded room and all the rest of it yeah i mean obviously parents. never work with children animals or, or intelligence yeah exactly um, so, <laughs> is there an accent issue as well i mean well, this that's... always used to be the classic problem with uh, voice recognition is mm. that it works fine for a variety of american accents yeah. but give it a, a northern british or scottish accent and suddenly it all falls apart yeah well this is their excuse for um it taking so long to come to the uk they said that the reason of the delay is because they've been working on it, uh, recognizing different accents, and that's why it's been difficult for them to launch. It um, sounds—I mean, it sounds echo. like bullshit, but we are—we are an accent-heavy island. We are. That's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, of course, it is. Yeah. A lot of these things they make it so it's personally tailored to you. Um, so remember when you set up Siri, you have to say all the words. You have to teach yeah. it the way you say a particular word. I haven't used Alexa yet. I don't know if it goes through a similar process. Yeah, Alexa has, um, well, it's, it claims to have artificial intelligence built in, so it learns your habits, your accent, your um, speech patterns, and, and gets better with age, apparently. Don't we all? So, uh, David, Neil, any interest in uh, this crazy sci-fi tech from Amazon? Well, I was just thinking that uh, you know the ability to train to recognise your voice is essential because I don't want my kids being able to tell it to order more Lego <laughs> <laughs> or or, or, you know, or change the music to whatever. Play young person's music. <laughs> yeah, I want play to play dodgy to keep... film. <laughs> play daddy's favourite film. <laughs> 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 or play their own. I don't want wall to wall Paw Patrol for uh, you know all day. And any time we try oh, and change Paw it, Patrol they're going play. Oh. You know, play Paw Patrol again. No, because obviously my children speak like robots. Who's the main dog in Paw Patrol? My nephew's obsessed with him. Driver. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, he wears a mask. Not not the character. My nephew. All right. Quite disconcerting in certain circumstances. Well, I'm I'm very keen on uh, Internet of Things stuff um i'm slightly worried about uh intercompatibility yep. issues potentially because um we're we going to talk about ios 10 in a bit but we've got home uh, on apple 
uh, there's Google's equivalent, and there's this now. Is I've it going to be the case? It, so. Who's which? I've already deleted it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah we'll talk about this a bit. We'll do it um, uh, But if you've got a company that's making a smart the set of curtains or whatever, yeah. how difficult is it going to be for them to make it so it can talk to all these different ecosystems? I don't think yeah. it's technically difficult. I think that it's a business question more, isn't it? I, I, I think this is the really interesting part about Echo um, is the, the integrations are absolutely vital. Um, however useful it will be will depend on how many people build um, sort of Alexa capabilities. Mm. Uh, Amazon have opened up all the APIs for Alexa yeah. to third parties, so anyone um, with the capability to do it can... Um, integrate with alexa so uh when they launched yesterday um they launched with a sort of very specific set of partners in the uk and just eat were on their network rail were on their um uber and a couple of smartphone uh, smart home companies um so the network rail one makes a lot of sense you can say is my train running on time this morning things like that oh, when you wake order up. me a train <laughs> Um, the the other one that I saw on the list was Jamie Oliver, and I couldn't work out why. But well, I guess how does he get into everything? Exactly. But he's is a, that he's a force for good? Yeah, Are but you he's gonna... incredibly annoying. He is annoying, but he's, and he's a bloody, force for good. It's not a force for good when you're paying twenty two quid for a bowl of pasta. What? Oh, you yeah. been to his restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. No, Jamie's um, Italian, not even the good restaurant. Sorry, carry on. He. Uh, so I guess it maybe it's like. Um, you can follow along to recipes. While you're Give me some sanctimonious food advice. <laughs> but I think it's also, I'm guessing, after there was a demo uh, at the uh, big broadcast conference in Amsterdam that the BBC did uh, for, uh, over the last weekend, which was follow along recipes yeah. that yeah. you can pause when you need to catch up, that you need to go off and find where the pepper is. Yeah, hands So I'm free. guessing that, that kind yeah. of thing, it's, it's ideal well, for And it's go. only another step to then having some sort of understanding of what's in your fridge and in your cupboards, suggesting yeah. a menu, you know, understanding Recipes your lifestyle. So asparagus in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and oh, you, you're home late tonight, here's a quick recipe, or mm. here's just eat, or we'll order you a train. Or, your train gonna be late. Here's a sad song. Send some flowers to my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Send yeah. a really horrible tweet to the network rail Twitter account. Yeah. You seem to be tweeting swear words. You think you're drunk. <laughs> Here's into Flora. Get some flowers for your wife. <laughs> that would be useful. Yeah. I heard that at the um, demonstration event that they spent 20 minutes talking in German. I, I love. I love bad presentation yeah yeah lewis was saying that halfway through there were loads of german journalists there and they just said right we're now going to hand over to our german colleagues and yeah. all the english journalists were still there in the audience just sitting there going well, what are we oh but it's a beautiful language isn't it it's so lyrical yeah. <laughs> <Achtung! laughs> it's just such a musical uh, you can just sit and listen to that for hours oh, really over your amazon echo it's the voice of love there is actually slightly, something slightly sci-fi worrying about the fact that this thing is listening to you all the time. I mean, yeah. What what responsibility yeah. does it have? Yeah. Well, they had that with Connect, didn't they? There was yeah. a huge controversy with that. Well, um, a privatisation is one thing. It's also it's kind of like if it's listening to stuff in people's houses. Yeah. Does it? You know, should you be able to use it to call the police? Here should is a good song ambulance? by which to murder your wife. Exactly. Yeah. There, there is a really good scene in the latest season of Mr. Robot, um, no spoilers, obviously, um, where one of the characters has an echo and um, she can't sleep and she's basically talking to the echo saying, put a show on my Netflix or play this song or set an alarm. And it's there in the show to basically show that she is very lonely and her one like her closest relationship that we've seen on the show is her and one of her devices and it's on that this, sort of dystopian on this Amazon funded show it's, yeah it is isn't it <laughs> no wait is it on Prime 
Uh, it, yeah, it's on Prime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get it us. all falls into place. Mm. It does. Cool. Okay, guys, let's uh, let's go around the room then. Uh, Internet of Things or crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we've left behind the whole thing of not swearing on the podcast. <laughs> David Price. Internet of Things. Yeah. Scott Carey. Internet of Things. Neil Bennett. I hope it's Internet of Things, but uh, based on what we've heard of the demo, how the demo went yesterday, there's a you know considerable chance it will be a crock of shit. Schnell, schnell. All right, we'll take a uh, small break and we'll be back in two seconds to talk about Tesla. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Here in my car, I feel safest of all. But should I? Neil Bennett, why is Tesla having to design things for stupid people? Okay, so to a bit of background on this. So in May, uh, a man called Joshua Brown was involved in a car crash, were killed in a car crash in Florida, allegedly while watching a movie while uh, the autopilot hands-free system on his Tesla Model S car uh, was driving along the road. Um, the autopilot system apparently couldn't tell the difference between a, uh, a lorry's white trailer mm. and a bright white sky, and uh, the car crashed into it. Um, Actually, even only yesterday, a similar incident happened in China with a Tesla Model S, uh, oh, sorry, and a, a street cleaning truck. And uh, inevitably, the, there is horrible dash cam footage of that on YouTube. Um, so on Sunday, in the reaction to that, Tesla released an update to the autopilot, which gives drivers more warnings on, you know, to keep your hands on the wheel and even pulls you over if, if you don't. Um, they've also changed the way that autopilot works, so it relies primarily on radar. Uh, rather than you know, kind of artificial intelligence looking through the camera, which is kind of kind of dumbing it down, but is also yeah. they're capturing a lot of the information uh, and trying to use that to improve the actual artificial intelligence in that. Um, Did you say it pulls you over? Yeah, it will literally like, it, like putting you on the naughty steps if yes. you're not driving properly. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you take your hands off the wheel and are too busy watching uh, Mr. Like... Robot on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Then uh, you're going to get get told off. It's like a dead man's switch on a train, though, isn't it? If yeah. you don't press the button every so often. And I, I read a I read a um, report on that initial fatal crash that said actually, which I thought was interesting, that that, it, that humans at the scene found it difficult to distinguish between the white truck and uh, and the horizon. I guess so. You know, I, I guess you're going to talk here something about about the responsibility that the company has and responsibility that the human has who's in charge but that was quite interesting to me anyway because it was a mistake a person could have made yeah and, and it's it's, it. it, it's one of these things where the question isn't is autopilot safe it's mm. is it safe enough to use or is it safer than using a human i mean there's a kind of a big blame game going on at the moment the company who actually designed autopilot a company called mobileye um has broken ties with tesla uh because it says that Des- tesla was making kind of exaggerated claims about the safety of of this uh, Tesla has replied and said that uh, we never described Teslas with autopilot as basically being a self-driving car. No. Um, no. Even the manual itself says, warning, traffic-aware cruise control cannot detect all objects mm. and gives you know, precise situations where it won't it won't work. But who reads the manual? The car. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing with the car. is You just expect yeah. to get in it and do what it tells Until you. Until the radio stops working. Yeah, and the thing is that we assume, and maybe the, the media itself is to blame, that we, we think of... Uh, you know, these Tesla kind of, you know, autopilots as being almost like the Johnny Cab from, yeah. uh, from, uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just get in and say, right, like with the electric, you know, take me to, uh, you know, my friend's house or to the cinema. And it will Science do Science fiction, though, isn't it? You know, you know, we don't have three breasted women either. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, people, that might be Musk's to... next project. <laughs> 
But actually, there was a really telling quote from from Elon Musk where he, he said he said that look, as drivers become more familiar with the system, they actually tended to ignore warnings um, right. to take the wheel, which kind of says something about the, uh, what we, you know, the way that we trust mm. technology. And we trust what it does, but not necessarily the information that it's giving. If something carries on doing something, even if it's warning us that it may not do that again in the future, we kind of go, well, it worked last time. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it says something <coughs> about kind of how kind of stupid and accident prone we are as, as people. Well, it's, like, it's like a vicious circle, though, because these things are designed to be overcautious. And so we therefore ignore them and go, well, it's yeah. designed to be overcautious. And then they have to be even more overcautious. Like with Windows 7, uh, I can't forget what it was called now, but um, you used to get warnings about any kind of behavior that potentially might be dangerous. Mm. Everyone just, user access control. Everyone just switched it off. So it wasn't fit for purpose. Um, yeah. And I think as a sort of wider point, I suppose the issue is that, um, exactly as Neil says, a driverless, in inverted commas, car can be a lot safer than a human but if it goes wrong, it's going to be blamed a lot more, um, you know, because we can we can accept human error. But if we're putting things in the hands of technology, somehow that's worse. And so, therefore, as you say, David, the technology, the people who are creating the technology are going to be so um, risk averse. Mm. Um, and then it becomes, as you say, a vicious cycle because then people um, start ignoring or not trusting the technology. And they grow to depend upon the overcautiousness. Yeah. And then the manufacturers have to then build something in which, you know, as with the autopilot says, if you don't do behave safely, we're going to take control away from you and not even let you have the chance to turn yeah. it off. It's going to happen happen for you because we know that people do make stupid decisions. Sometimes it's their, you know, or they do act in a way which causes accidents. Sometimes it's their own fault. You know, you know the warning that comes up on Pokemon Go saying, don't walk into a hole, you know, watch watch where you're going. <laughs> mm. Don't fall over. Don't be an idiot. But sometimes it's kind of, it's not even our own fault. We don't know what we're doing. There was a recent episode of um, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast. Where they looked at what happened with Toyota cars in the US, where a lot of drivers were reporting that when they accelerate, when they tried to brake, the car would in fact accelerate, um, and they thought it was a computer error. And even the, pe- the whatever the big um, driving body over there, uh, the American government's body, said that something must be wrong with the cars. They did more research, and it actually turned out what was happening is people were thinking they were pushing the brake, but they were actually hammering the accelerator, and wow. that's what they were doing. So you've also got to allow for the fact that people's own bodies don't do what you you know they think that they're doing. Well, and also our perception of risk is weird. You know, yeah. the vast majority of accidents and the vast majority of fatal accidents happen within a mile of your home. But our perception would always be that when we're driving fast on the motorway, we're most at risk. Actually, motorways are much more yeah. safe. And it's to do with, you know, human things, being relaxed, emotions getting in the way of um, of of decisions. You know, we, we to your point there about, about this situation with Toyota, um, it, we can't conceive of the fact that our body might not respond correctly to what we want it to do. And that could be because we're tired or we're having a bad day or we're angry or, you know, how many people get into arguments behind the wheel of cars and that creates dangerous situations. Well, unfamiliar cars was a classic one yeah. as well. So you'd see a lot of crashes where you've got people, you know, kind of valet parking and stuff like that. It happened a lot. Right. Because it's just not a car that people are, are used to. Is this... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, exclusively or more of a U.S. issue because of the, which is coming over here, but the kind of excuses culture and the culture of finding someone to blame when things go wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like the legal ambulance chasing kind of. Yeah, also I think it's just they're, they're more, auto- you know, kind of, you know, semi-autonomous yeah. or cars with semi-autonomous features over there. Here we have, you know, there is still quite a lot of cars which have, um, you know, kind of cruise control or even like lane control, which, yeah. you know, the most basic form of, of autopilot. Um, but you don't really hear that many stories about crashes due to them. Maybe we're just more naturally cynical about technology and we don't believe that it's going to keep us safe when we keep our hands on the wheel. Possibly, yeah. I mean, well, the that is, thing. Go on, sorry, go on, Scott. sorry, a lot of the guys that that a lot of the people that do um, have Model S's, and a lot of the early adopters are the sort of people that are going to inherently trust it. They're the sort of techie people. Um, they 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 might even be investors in the company, mm. so they're the guys that are, that are inherently um, going to think that it's it's a trustworthy piece of technology. It's once you get it into the hands of sort of more average sort of people that they're going to be a little bit more like oh i'm not too sure about this i'm not sure how well it's going to go across no because there's that real vein in san francisco of that utopianism that Mm. belief that tech is going to solve the world that the rest of us just don't have at all people like driving as well though i mean this has been talked about for decades but you know there was never a great push to driverless cars um the push now is because where our roads are filling up because we're we're more more affluent, and so more people have cars, and therefore it is it's becoming less efficient. And driverless cars can solve that to an extent; they can make road usage much more efficient and faster. Therefore, but for decades it was a thing that was ignored by car manufacturers because the belief was that people liked to drive and liked to be in control. Like currently, there's this thing about you know it is possible to fly a plane remotely. Mm. Drones all the time. Are, you know, military drones are being used thousands of miles away from where they're flying. It's it's possible and potentially safer to allow a computer with a human oversight to just fly a plane completely. 
but would you get on a plane without a handsome man or woman in a uniform? Because everything about... With a really air, plummy voice. Everything about air travel is is to make you feel more confident. Yeah. Security, mm-hmm. the the stewards and stewardesses on, on the flights, the pilots, the uniforms, everything is about making you feel comfortable in a thing that is perceived to be unsafe, but actually, yeah. again, is much safer than car travel. But how would people react to the first airline? Because it won't be BA. It will be yeah, Ryanair it'll be a or probably. Yeah, yeah, it'll be another um, um, another easy job. How would you react? You know, and would you for this in order to save probably at that price seven quid um, fly without a pilot? I wouldn't get on that. Yeah, I don't even that. like the DLR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the human brain has has these really weird limitations that were sort of designed in an age of Stone Age tribes and and just cannot cope with modern life and the idea of yeah just being in a plane, being in a metal box in the sky. We're like, well, that cannot be. That cannot be possible. Mm. And therefore, you're right. You have to build in all these safeguards. I think. I think driverless taxis are a fantastic idea. Um, because, unless, unless you're a taxi driver, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but but driverless cars. I think I agree. I think um, a lot of the a lot of people that do drive, especially people that only drive at the weekend, mm. there's a certain amount of enjoyment there. And manuals haven't even really. It's true. Yeah. I don't yeah. mean manual. Automatic. Because I, I I drive an automatic. Yeah. But most people don't. You know, they go, well, I would Most like to change the gears. Most people David. Exactly. This is, this is the sort of attitude I'm talking about. Exactly. I remember Jeremy Clarkson saying once that he thought he was more efficient at changing the gears than the... Uh, uh, well, the but actually, that is... Clearly, I was joking. Um, I drive a Ford Focus. I have no interest in cars. I don't care about cars. But that is the point, isn't it? That exactly yeah. there is the point. Uh, a man who clearly is not more efficient than the system, believes he's more efficient than the technology. And that is kind of how we interact with this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you know, maybe not today, but some at some stage, the plane that's piloted entirely by technology will be safer than the human piloted plane. But I guarantee you, most airlines will still have a person sitting there who looks smart. Um, because it could just will... be a misdirection. They could have a person that's there... And then they and then they're quietly spirited away to the next plane yeah. where they get on and go. Hello, I'm the I'm the pilot. Welcome on board. That's that's take the job, over Flyotron five thousand. <laughs> that, that's the job to have though, isn't it? You just, just sit a there. fake pilot. Yeah, a fake pilot. <laughs> well, apart from <laughs> well, you get to be the pilot. This is what gets because the, the best thing about the DLR not having a driver oh, yeah, is you, you get to pretend. sit in the front and pretend to be the driver. Yeah, that is always so some kids there though. I never get to go. Maybe. Imagine if you could do that on a like seven four seven heading towards. Uh, New, New, you wouldn't New even York. have to do your plane noises. You wouldn't even have to do any of that stuff. Get some fake guns on there. Brilliant. Put a VR headset and pretend you're, you know, shooting down aliens or something. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to be the pilot who doesn't actually fly, who doesn't go anywhere. Because my understanding is the whole point about being a pilot is you get to spend 18 hours in Florida getting pissed. And then, then, uh, or maybe in the old days, not now, of course, they're all entirely sober. uh, Don't have to do much while you're up there, do you? Yeah, exactly, no. It's just read a book. Yeah. Good, okay. Uh, I think we've fully covered that uh, subject. Uh, let's go around the room. Uh, autopilot or natural selection? David Price. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm. What are my comments? No, no, it was, it was a cheap gag. Yeah. So just pick one. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, na- uh, autopilot. Scott Carey. Natural selection. Yeah, definitely. Neil Bennett. Na- natural selection. Okay. I don't even stuff. know why. We'll take a- <laughs> we don't even know what we're voting for. It's like Brexit all over again. <laughs> On that bombshell, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we will be talking about Apple and the new iOS. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.
OS. David Price, there's a new iOS in town. What's going down? Um, right, so iOS 10 has been launched. That's the latest operating system for the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, so uh, as we, as I speak, you can you can download this, you can install this on your iPhone or your iPad, assuming it's relatively recent. Um, but as is usually the case when uh, a new operating system comes out, there's been some teething problems. Um, and so the response so far has been uh, mixed, I would say. Some people are enjoying the new features. I can... Tell you about those if you'd like. Uh, other people are a yes. bit annoyed about the bugs. Tell us about those also. Okay, well, which all right, features. Um, I think what I was actually browsing Mum's Net earlier because um, <laughs> I like to um, know what they're interested in. Um, David, this is sounding very creepy. No, not at all like that. I mean, just like it's um, like about a boy. Are you going to start going to a single mum's no, group just to try and no, not at all. But, um, but they were talking about iOS ten and right. um, bless them, and they're obsessed with. <laughs> So, some of the people on there were very uh, tech savvy, but I, I like to get outside the tech bubble. Is all I mean, really. Yeah. Um, and you do it very well. <laughs> I live my whole life out there. Uh, but most of them are talking about iMessage or, or Messages, the app, which has been um, it's been given possibly the largest cosmetic change of any of the elements of iOS. So you can do all sorts of um, visual stuff um, with your messages. You can put full screen animations on a message. You can uh, put stickers on them. Uh, you can draw little pictures and stuff and send those very easily. <clears throat> um, it's all been redesigned to make it a bit more fun. But this, actually, this this crosses both the new features and the bugs because a lot of people are finding that they're not really working properly. I was testing it out uh, today, sending messages to my wife, who is still on iOS 9. And some of them show up okay. Um, they've been quite clever about that. But most of them don't show up properly if the other person is not on iOS 10. Right. So you get a little message that says, um, so I, try, I tried to send a shooting star picture with a message. And instead of doing that, yeah, it's very romantic. Instead of that, uh, it just I'm says... I'm married to David. I know. Uh, instead of that, it just says, sent with shooting star, which sort of ruins the effect. But, but it, isn't that... Isn't that, I mean, because most... If, if you're on a newer device, what we're we talking about from... Uh, iPhone 5 onwards and iPad 4 onwards. So that is going to be the vast majority of iPhone users, certainly engaged iPhone users, and Apple really wants everyone to upgrade. It really does. It nags you so much to upgrade. So this is just just a nag, isn't it, really? They could could fix that. But But I mean, that one in itself is, I I would say, is almost not not a a failing because it's an iOS 10 feature. And so if you're on iOS 9, you not only can't send them, but in a lot of cases you can't even receive them. But so it's, it's telling you that you're not receiving something. Well, so yes, that, that bit of it is a nag. But what the, <clears throat> what the bug is, is that some people who are on iOS 10 have been getting similar messages saying oh. it's not displaying properly. So there, there are still some bugs. It, it's brand new. Um, and s- some of them are more serious than that. Um, some people have been getting uh, their phones bricked, um, rendered useless, uh, which can then be fixed. It's not a permanent situation but they they innocently tried to upgrade um the phone stopped working it demanded to be plugged into itunes and then had to be put into recovery mode so i think a lot of people have had their devices effectively wiped so we hope that they backed up if you are updating please back up before you do 
and we would have no way of knowing how many people that affects. It's just anecdotal. It's, a, it's anecdotal. It's, Apple it's, did put out a statement, though, exactly, didn't they? saying yeah. we've, we we realised that this was an issue and we fixed it. Totally, yeah. So if you update now, you'll get 10.0.1 rather than just 10 because they have put out an update almost instantly. Fair enough. So there were issues with that. Um, what else should we talk about with iOS 10? Um, uh, how annoying it is. <laughs> Definitely. Should we talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the, the... <laughs> Scott, Scott, you make me sad. Go on. What, what's annoying about it? There's just a couple of little things that are like really, really irritating. Like for some reason, before you would just put your fingerprint on and it would open up, and now for some reason, a lot of the time, I'm putting my finger on there and then it's saying now press the home button. Okay, to unlock. go to uh, settings. This is okay, so, I, so let, this is my main point okay. because uh, there's there's a few niggles um, right. that I've had. Is you, it possible you your fingertips have changed? <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. So you can you can turn that off, yeah, and you're you about to show me how, which is great. But there I'm have allowed been to show you how. there have been four <laughs> or five things already with iOS 10 where I've had yeah. to Google this is happening. How do I stop this happening? Right. Whereas Apple used to be built on things being very very intuitive. So I think the fact that I now need to look up how to stop these annoying niggles happening is a little bit of a step backwards in the way that i think that's always happened personally i think i think out of the box apple products tend to be much more intuitive than others Mm -hmm. and they spend a lot more this is very much neil's area where they spend a lot more time and effort from the box to your hand working on the design yeah but when you update an operating system there's always stuff like this and it's kind of a david you're going to tell us you know, from your Macworld position, this is a thing that we see every single time. Absolutely. And, but they've made, this is a bigger update than is normally the case uh, with iOS. So there there are quite a few, I would say, small to moderate scale interface changes. Yeah. I mean, they, so they've got rid of swipe to open. Um, so now you just you press the button. That's what they've obviously done. And this is in response to the fact that we now have Touch ID on most existing um, currently supported iPhones and iPads. So most people already, to open it, they just, as you were saying, they yeah. just put their finger on it instead of doing the swipe. So they've built that in. So instead of doing the swipe, you just press down and it will pick up the fingerprint and open. Mm. Um, but as you, as you said, you can even remove the pressing down bit and now you can make it, if you have to go into the settings or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can make it so you just rest the finger on there. Um, but I think the, what they're suffering from there is that they had um, <clears throat> an incredibly successful platform that was used since uh, 2007. And people have got used to uh, Swipe to Unlock. Um, and now it's not the most efficient way of doing it. And they've changed it. And it's doing people's heads in because they are, they're using this device every day. They're so used to it. Um, I, you know, I go back to Mum's net. They they were going spare over the fact that Swipe to Unlock has been taken away. And, and now saying, it goes to what, like a like a kind of... Uh, notification center when if you swipe uh, there is there is yes there is a um, I don't I don't know if you call it the notification screen uh, but yeah, yeah I think it's it sort of um, with the news and, and Siri that's it, yeah, yeah, suggestions yeah. and so on because um, I keep yeah. landing there um, by accident yeah uh, and if you swipe from the uh, right it goes straight to the camera so they've changed that as well yes um, so they're, they're trying to make more things accessible from the lock screen and I think it's better I think it's a more sensible design, but it's different as well. But you get this with Facebook, you know, whenever they change anything, whether it's better or worse, it will annoy people because it's different and it's something that you use all the time. And that's, you know, that's fair enough. It's a reasonable thing to get upset when something you use all the time has been changed without you consenting to it. But yeah, it's, it's interesting what you say, because what I've seen is a lot of the tech press have been very, very glowing about us and the reviews that I've seen have been yeah. very, very positive. Yeah. Whereas people that I've spoken to are, are more are more hung up on 
um, the little niggles, like the no, things that they're totally. not used to. Yeah, the things um, that they use every day. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my, actually, my main problem with iOS 10 is that a lot of the changes seems to have been based around trying to put things front and center that Apple seems to care about, right. but I don't. I mean, this is a, a long-standing thing with Apple since the ability, you know, since the beginning of iOS. It's like this, this, the stocks, stocks app that uh, you couldn't get the rid magazines of. magazines one. That, what was that called? Newsstand. Newsstand. Yeah. I you deleted my stocks. You app can the other now day. get rid of stocks. That's. I deleted yeah, it the other day, and it fantastic. got like more likes than any tweet I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm clearly yeah. hitting some sort. That's of... a bit of a pyrrhic victory, though. Yeah. Because it was. It, it doesn't change the story situation because it's only hiding it. I know. It's not. But what I enjoyed the most is when I tried to delete it. It said, um, "Are you sure you want to delete stocks?" Um, oh, you will them. you will lose all of your stocks data, and I was oh, like, "Oh, my precious yeah. stocks data!" <laughs> I think my, Neil, what, what do you think they're now promoting? It seems to be things like HomeKit, the ability, you know, home automation. The thing that kind of annoyed me is if you used to be able to swipe up uh, to get this control center where you could basically, you know, if you're listening to music, you could quickly pause music. Uh, now you have to swipe up and then swipe right because in the place of the uh, yes. Swipe left, mm. um, because in the place of the uh, what used to be the the, the control for you know, pausing or forwarding tracks, um, you know, uh, for you know, skipping tracks, is now something for controlling night shift. Night Why? shift. Why night shift? Night shift's awesome. But yes, no, you're absolutely right. right. There is there is room. There. If you look at the way they've laid it out, uh, they could certainly have had AirPlay. Um, What's the next one? Airdrop. Airdrop. Night and shift. then have night shift as a small button and still have the music. Yeah, and I also, agree with you on that. Yeah. When you skip to the, when you flip over to the, script, the the music playing screen, they've got more options there where they're trying to make it easier for you to play on multiple devices. Yeah. But actually, all I want to do is I'm sitting there on the train, I'm reading something, um, an announcement comes on, I need to very, very quickly pause the music. I just want to be able to quickly bump. Yeah, I mean, I maybe they're assuming I'm going to be using Apple's new headphones with a, a hardware button, or I'm going to tap and speak and say "pause music" to weird looks from all around me on <laughs> on the uh, yeah. eight eight thirty nine from East Croydon to to St Pancras. That's uh, yeah, I think I think if you've if you've gone to that pain in the control center and then you go back to, if you swipe up again, I think it will default back to the last of the two that you were on. If, yeah, if I just did that. If that's any slight consolation. But then but I'm, the other I'm thing I want to turn you... off quickly is, is Wi-Fi because I've been, you know, yeah. my train has gone past somewhere which you know I've connected the cloud and I don't want to have to be bothered to, to log in. Mm. So yeah, essentially it's... you want to be able to customise Control Centre. Yeah, or That'd have your own yeah. sort of, yeah, both or, those controls. Or have the option the to go back to how it was before because I'm very well, rarely going to need to select to make sure that I'm playing my... Uh, you know, Spotify through my TV rather than through the speaker system in my kitchen or whatever. I think uh, they are going to let people customise a control centre at some point in the future. There has been talk, um, I don't know if it's just rumours at this point, that there will be more panes within control centre for, for third-party apps. So you'll be able to swipe left more times, you know, instead of just going to mute and you'll be able to go to Twitter or whatever, I don't know. But, um, cool. I, I do want to say that I think iOS 10 looks very nice. I think yeah. all the little design touches um, uh, are really are really smart, um, which yeah. they always tend to be. Um, but yeah, yeah there's always going to be these things, I guess. Anything else, David? What else uh, on the good and bad sides have we seen? Um, I'm really... Uh, we've talked about this before. I'm really hacked off about the gun emoji thing. Right, yeah. The more I think about it, the more it annoys me. Because it's a, it's a political point. It clearly is a political statement. So this is Apple... Uh, for, so emoji is like a, a, a global language now, and you decide what it looks like within your um, font, in essence. Yes. But it's the same um, 
language. So if I send an emoji of a gun to you it from my Android yeah. to your Apple, I'm seeing an actual gun, but Apple's changed it to a toy yeah. gun. It's like they've, they've it's like they've taken the letter L and they've chosen to display it as a letter T. Yeah, it's, it, they've just changed the language in order to make a political point that I fully agree with. Um, I, I think that the state of the gun laws in America is shocking. The gun violence in America is shocking. I fully back them in yeah. their political point, but the way they're doing it's it a bit is, arrogant, isn't it? It's astonishingly high-handed. Mm. They, they're refusing to let you see the messages that your friends have sent you in the correct mm. way. And people have talked about these potentially dangerous situations where somebody would send somebody else a water pistol mm. as, a, as a playful thing and it is interpreted as a threat. I think that's stretching it a little bit. I mean, Well, let's hope that uh, that Barack Obama isn't on an iPhone and Vladimir Putin isn't on an Android because that yeah. could lead to all sorts of misunderstandings. Obama's a BlackBerry user, isn't he? Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. He's not sending emoji. He's too busy winning the country. Exactly. And I'm also slightly annoyed, uh, just, so, just so it's clear I'm not um, rabidly pro-Apple, I'm really annoyed about my watch. Oh yeah, your oh, uh, your watch yeah. saga, yeah. Uh, listener. Uh, welcome to our world over the past <laughs> thirty six hours. Yeah, because um, watchOS three came out at the same time as iOS ten. I'm really excited about this. So I'm I'm the um, comical Apple Watch fan in this group. Nobody else likes the Apple in Watch. In this group, you are the Apple Watch fan in this country. <laughs> I love I love the Apple Watch, and I'm really excited to get watchOS three, which um, it changes the way that apps are selected, and it's faster and has some really good fitness stuff. Loads of stuff that appeals to me, and I was a bit stupid and I took it off the charger while it was updating to watchOS 3, which I thought would just pause it. I was aware that it might interrupt the... You would expect it would just pause it. I mean, that seems reasonable, doesn't it? But it completely... um, How much swearing are we allowed? (laughs) It it screwed it up. Screwed's fine. Donald Trump says screwed, so... That's he fine. says worse than that. Yeah. But he gets really offended when Mexican presidents say swear Yeah, but he says screwed in reference to women he slept with. What a lovely man he is. Uh, anyway, yes. So Apple uh, support are trying to talk me down from the rooftops and help me to get my watch to work again. I suspect I may have lost all my fitness data because I haven't backed up for a while. Which That's again, a lost for the world. It really is. Oh, yeah, because uh, one of the other features in it is you'll be able to share your fitness data and I'll be able to be competitive with people. With my calorie burn. But yeah, so that's annoying. Um, so I'm just hoping that maybe the company will buy me a Apple Watch Series 2 to replace it. <laughs> uh, that's the first Matt's heard of that. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of mixed. Broadly speaking. Most people are mixed, I think. But there's things that we'll get used to that are different. Lots of cool new features. I'm really excited about the feature set. Okay, well, let's quickly go around the room then. Uh, I owe yes or I know S. David Price. <laughs> I owe yes, definitely. Scott Carey. I know S. Neil Bennett. I hell know S. Woo! What? You know, you can go back. You can still go back. They're still signing iOS 9.3.5. That one is still being signed. You might only have days left. It's not a long-term solution, though, is it? Oh, that said, actually, my initial, mm. I, my first-generation iPad Mini, I've, I've never updated it. It works fine. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, I'll get over it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Do get in touch, let us know your thoughts and opinions, and to shake us down for cash, or indeed if you are interested in advertising. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We'll be back next week with more informed and ill informed opinion on the hottest topics in techs. So until then, find us on ACAST, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. And until next week, say goodbye, guys. See you. Goodbye. Bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.